This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. And welcome to the Steelers Standard. I am Kellen Gursky, joined today by Jacob Recht. We are kind of without our, our fearless leader here for the next couple episodes, Tom Opferman. But Jacob and I will do our best to, you know. Do our best. Yeah, we'll pick up the slack, I guess. Because that's uh, all we can do That's right, Tom here. right. I mean, uh, like Taysom Hill, we'll be a little versatile. Yeah. We'll play both sides here. We'll... Will be the Swiss Army knife, I guess, of Steelers Standard. Um, and to start this episode of Steelers Standard, um, Jacob, where would you like to start? Because there's two signings, actually. One that, well, actually, I guess both of them directly impact the Steelers. Do you want to go with the one that is a Steelers signing, or do you want to go to the one where is a let's, division rival? Let's hold off on the Steelers one because I think it's going to be uh, a little less impactful in terms of what the starting factor could be so let's go with the other AFC North free agent signing which was Jadavion Clowney to the Browns and I don't know about you Kellen but this makes me a little scared to go up against the Browns I was already scared going into this offseason just because of the shellacking they put on the Steelers in the wild card round but adding a piece like Jadavion Clowney opposite of Miles Garrett on that D-line makes them one of the more formidable front threes in the NFL. Absolutely. I mean, you, you hit you hit on it there. Like, the Browns, you know, you already knew going into the season that they were going to be good. You already knew that they were going to compete, you know, maybe for the AFC North. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl contender necessarily yet. But we've been saying on the show that they are our favorite to in win the, the AFC, AFC North. North. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, they are ascending, obviously, in the right direction. Um, and, and bringing in a guy like Jadavion Clowney to a one-year deal, um, the deal is up to up worth up to ten million dollars, uh, according to Adam Schefter. Um, and this is an interesting quote um, by Jadavion Clowney. Now, I know. Well, actually, before we get into that, I guess let, let's t- let's start just by the initial reaction. This obviously makes the Cleveland Browns better, and yeah. it obviously makes what's been a really good offseason by the Cleveland Browns. You bring Even in. Better. Um, you know, you bring in Troy Hill to play corner, probably like a, a second or third option at corner. You bring in uh, John Jefferson, one of, or John Johnson, excuse me, one of the best safeties in the league. You bring him in, and all of a sudden, you bring in Jadavion Clowney to play opposite Miles Garrett. Last year, one of the Browns' struggles, or one of their, I guess, Achilles' heels, was their defense. Now, it's right. not one of their Achilles' heels, and that has to scare you as a Steeler fan. And I'm sure, you know, that kind of fits the narrative, like we've been saying on this show for the last, I don't know, since the season's been over, that every team in the division seems like they're getting better and the Steelers are just staying the same or getting worse, one or the other. So this kind of plays into that again. Right, so how you said the Steelers are kind of staying stagnant a little, that's why I said let's put off of that conversation until after the Clowney one because I really do think Clowney's impact is going to be much more greaterly felt than the Vince Williams sign that the Steelers just made, which we will get to later. And that's just because you're bringing in a guaranteed starter. I mean, Davion Clowney is a starter wherever he goes. Now, you may not be a fan of his numbers on paper. They don't look great. But Ken and I were just talking off air before we started. And we were looking at his eight games last year in Tennessee. And in eight games, it wasn't that bad, Kellen. You were saying he's got a couple of pass deflections, a couple of tackles for loss, a couple of quarterback hits couple of sacks I mean it's not the flashiest resume you could ever put up but with a season riddled with injuries as 
was his last year. It's something that if you were almost any NFL team looking at that stat line, you would say, okay, if, if my guy's hurt and he's only available for eight games, I would take that out of him. And assuming he comes back healthy, you can expect those numbers to probably go up. And we've talked on the show before how Clowney's best years were spent in Houston when he was kind of the Robin to J.J. Watt's Batman. And in Seattle and in Tennessee, he was kind of the guy. And now that he's in, in Cleveland with Miles Garrett, this could allow an opportunity for Judavion Clowney to return to form that we saw in Houston. Absolutely. I mean, I completely agree with you. And when you look at Clowney, um, you know, I'll get into his numbers here in a second, but you brought up last year. Um, you know, he struggled in 2020, obviously, finishing with only 19 tackles. He actually didn't have a sack. He had, I think, six tackles for a loss in eight games before he had a, a season-ending knee surgery um, in, in November. Um, obviously, he's expected to be at full health. But, um, you know, if you look at Jadavion Clowney as a whole, I mean, if you look at his numbers in his career, um, they're not bad. It's not bad numbers. He has an interception to his credit. He has a touchdown to his credit. He's forced eight fumbles in his career. Or recovered eight fumbles in his career, excuse me. He's forced nine. He has three touchdowns uh, on fumble returns. You he's look a at, problem in the background. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's got 32 career sacks. He has 255 tackles. And he has 75 TFLs and 86 quarterback hits. Now, I understand why there's a negative, I don't want to say negative, but there's a stigma that this signing is purely on namesake, it's purely just because he's a former number one pick. Right. And I completely understand the reason for that because when you look at Clowney, yes, his numbers are good, but they aren't, you know, the number, you know, whatever he was picking the draft. I mean, what was he? The, the number one, overall, the number one yeah. overall pick in the draft. Like there's a lot of pressure when you're the absolutely. Number one overall. And it's, it's not easy to live up to those expectations. So when, I mean, I think that same, that same conversation is had when we talk about Terrell Edmonds, because right. you're a first draft pick of a team I know Edmonds was down at the bottom of the draft and, and Clowney was at the top but the same argument can be can be made like when you look at Jadavion Clowney his numbers are good and you know everyone's saying well he's not a pass rusher he's not a pass rusher he doesn't sack the quarterback that much there's more to playing outside linebacker than oh, yeah. sacking the quarterback right I think that's something that you know in this day and age of football you look at the outside linebackers in the league, you know, the Von Millers, the TJ Watts. Right, yeah. you know, I mean, ask TJ. He'll that, tell you. That's what they do, and they're very good at getting after the quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but that's not, you know, you want to not be a one-trick pony. And and I understand that JJ or that uh, Jadavion Clowney's sack numbers should probably be higher for where he got drafted at and for the player that he is. But, again, there's more to it than mm -hmm. sacking the quarterback. And, again, they were higher at some point in his career. It's just last year he was riddled with injuries, and his stint in Seattle what, just didn't work, right? He didn't fit the Pete Carroll mold, or mold, sorry. So it didn't work. It was a good experiment. It was a good idea to bring in a defensive guy like Clowney to a defensive-focused team like Seattle. It just didn't work, and that happens in the NFL. But look at his numbers. Like we, we outlined a couple of years ago, uh, I think Tom had said 2018 was his best statistical year uh, with the Texans after being there for maybe three or four years at that point. Does that ring any bells, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Uh, he was a first-round pick. His numbers weren't exactly the best the first couple of years, but by year three, year four, he was a breakout star opposite a, a Watt brother. I'm, I'm talking about Bud Dupree here. Right. I mean, the, the parallels are pretty similar. And, I mean, they're, they're not the exact same player, but they still play that 
edge position. And sometimes it just takes a little while to find your rhythm, and that seems what ha- seems to what have happened to Jadavion Clowney. And then when you just kind of uproot him from his fit, from his mold alongside T- or JJ Watt, rather, that's he's gonna take a step back because, I mean, he was he was playing comfortably opposite that guy. And when you put him on a team with Seattle and then you move him again immediately to Tennessee, it's going to continue to disrupt his rhythm. But now in Cleveland on an established team, on a team that, as you mentioned, Kellen, didn't have the best defense. But in terms of adding players, they they added Troy Hill and they added John Johnson. I mean, these are guys that are going to help the team. And there's no reason to not believe that Jadavian Clowney can make as great of an impact as those two guys that we just talked about. In those two years, um, 2018 and 2017, that you're talking about, uh, in 2017, um, Clowney had nine and a half sacks, 21 TFLs, and 21 quarterback hits. In 2018, he had nine sacks, 16 TFLs, and 21 quarterback hits as well. Yeah, I mean, like, but I think Bud did get over 10 sacks these past couple of years. But still, if, if those numbers were attributed to Bud Dupree, Steelers fan would be running laps around the stadium saying, let's go, we got our guy. And, I mean, I, there's something to that point. I, I agree. And when you look at Clowney, um, like I said, he might not be the pass rusher that everybody thought that he was, but the one thing that he really does well is that he gets after the run, um, and he's the type of guy that you know can really cause havoc in the running game. Again, you know, I'm not you know I'm not trying to to poo poo what Dale Lawley has said about um, you know about this being a signing that's purely on namesake. I'm not saying that. Uh, I respect Dale. Obviously, we both do, and we we both uh, appreciate the things that he says, but. When I look at Jadavion Clowney, I understand why Dale has said that this is a a move that's purely on namesake. And hell, it might be. I mean, one year up to $10 million for a guy that had zero sacks last year and and only what, uh, let's see, only six quarterback hits and four tackles for loss. Mm -hmm. It might be on namesake. That little, you know, that's when you put it in that context, sure, that, that makes a little bit of sense. But when you look at his career, he's a different player he's a different edge rusher than being than getting after the quarterback um and and i said that there was an interesting quote that um that that clowny said or that clowny had i guess when he signed with the, with the browns and he said i've been getting double teamed an awful lot in this league in my career uh during a virtual news conference earlier in the week i'm looking forward to playing with somebody dominant on the other side of me in miles garrett who can draw a double team maybe i can go one-on-one more now i think that is something that we are kind of alluding to here. Right. Like we know that Clowney had JJ Watt in Houston and we know that he was, you know, I don't want to say a monster, but he was good. He, he was an above a well above average player. He was a good yeah, NFL yeah. player um, in his time in Houston. And I think a lot of that, as you said, can be attributed to the fact that he had JJ Watt on the other side. And that was kind of when JJ was at the height of his power. Oh, yeah. That was I mean, when... I think he was drafted in 2014 and JJ's MVP, or I don't know if he was MVP, but his defensive player of the year seasons came in that 2013 through 2015 stretch. Right. And so Clowney, you know, I mean, I guess he was still with Watt when Watt was kind of declining a little bit. But again, you're still going to attribute a ton of attention to JJ Watt. Um, so again, when, when you talk about this Cleveland Browns team, when you bring Jadavion Clowney into the mix, you have. I don't want to say that he's J.J. Watt, but you have a dominant pass rusher. You have a guy that that attracts double teams, as Clowney said, in Miles Garrett. That's exactly what this defense has now. They have a two-headed monster, and we talked about this 
when there was speculation of the Browns signing Jadavion Clowney. Um, where would you rather run? Would you rather run to Miles Garrett or Jadavion Clowney? And again, that is going to be a conundrum for a lot of teams. That's going to be a tough sell for any offensive unit, especially in the AFC North. You know, do you want to run the ball to Clowney or do you want to run it to Garrett? It's tough, man. I mean, it's a really tough position that you're in. I mean, one thing we've been comparing J.J. Watt to to Miles um, Garrett now. One thing that Miles Garrett has that J.J. Watt doesn't is the 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 moniker of being a first overall pick. J.J. Watt was a first round pick, but I think he was tenth or eleventh or twelfth. But Miles Garrett was the first overall pick in the draft three years ago, I believe, uh, right before it was Baker Mayfield. The Browns had back-to-back number one overall picks, and those two guys right now are kind of leading that team, Baker on the offense and Miles on the on the defense. So, yeah, I mean, Kellen, you have now two number one overall picks on your defensive line. It's not saying that one is significantly better than the other, but you don't want to go to either of them because they're right. both – They, I mean – Yes, the name Jadavion Clowney has kind of taken on an extra weight just because of his his one unforgettable play in South Carolina against Michigan in that Outback <sighs> Bowl. But I mean, and being the number one overall pick, but he's still done a, enough to kind of say like, okay, I get the hype, but he it's not just hype. I mean, there's a real player there, and Miles Garrett for sure has has outperformed, you know, or has completely lived up to expectations for a number one overall pick. So you're you're going to one or the other overall number one overall pick. I don't know which one I would rather go to. Right. It's a tough situation, absolutely. And again, it, that Browns defense is just continuing to get better and they are filling holes that they've needed. And again, that's why I think, you know, this show here, we've all made them our AFC North mm-hmm. uh, champion. I and think, that was before the climb right, move. I think this only heightens it. And again, could could Clowney slow down? Is you know could this prove that maybe he's not the player that everyone thinks he is? Sure, it might prove that. But at the same time, when he's getting one on one coverage, and you got Miles Garrett on the other side, it could be a really good situation for for Jadavion Clowney. There we go. And again, you know we've talked about it so much, and to kind of bring it to a Steelers perspective, that's what the Steelers want to do. That's what the Steelers need that's what the Steelers fans are being optimistic about that's what the media is being optimistic about when it comes to the Steelers because you have TJ Watt on one side and you have Alex Highsmith on the other and you need Highsmith to win his one-on-one coverages it's the same exact situation in Cleveland yeah I mean flashback to a year ago ask opposing teams who they would rather run toward would they rather run toward JJ or TJ Watt or Bud Dupree they don't they won't give you an answer because both are scary it's the same thing that's happening in Cleveland now. There is no right answer to that question. And unfortunately, that's no longer a question that Steelers, Steeler, the Steelers defense can ask opposing teams. Right. Who would you rather run toward, T.J. Watt or Alex Highsmith? 99 times out of 100, if not 100 out of 100, people are going to say Alex Highsmith just because there is no game to kind of back up anything that we have been led to believe that he is capable of. Now, we've seen some tape and we've seen him in some NFL action, but that's not nearly enough to kind of say – Oh, well, I'm just as a formidable force opposite of TJ that you should be just as scared as me as you sh- as you are scared of, of TJ. And really quick, just want to read a, a couple more quotes here from um, from what Clowney said, some some news surrounding it, the article here on ESPN. Actually, I found this interesting. Um, Clowney apparently visited with the Browns um, last year, and, and actually the Browns heavily pursued him last year um, to pair him with Garrett like they are now. Um, apparently... He rejected Cleveland's multi-year contract 
and then obviously signed the one-year $13 million deal with the Titans. Um, I found that interesting. I didn't know that that took place. I didn't know that there was a contract there. I mean, maybe I did, and I just forgot. I mean, there's a lot that has happened right. in the last year, so right. um, forgive us there. But, Even non-football related. Right, yeah. absolutely. Um, and, and here's what Kevin Stefanski had to say about Jadavion Clowney. We're excited to add Jadavion to our defensive line. He's a disruptive force that will help us help us against the run and the pass. We've been able to make some nice additions to our defense throughout free agency, and we are looking forward to getting to work so we can improve our team. Uh, again, that's exactly what we're talking about. Um, and again, he, he might not be that dominant pass rusher. He, he might not be the prototypical edge guy. He might not live up to the hype of a number one pick, but this is a great signing for the Cleveland Browns when you put him in that scheme, when you put him opposite of Miles Garrett. And really quick, just to throw these numbers out too, over the past three years, Clowney has ranked fifth in the NFL with a pass rush win rate of 25%, according to ESPN stats and information. During that span, Garrett ranks third at 26. So you're putting two of the top five guys in the league on the same defensive line. It's pretty scary. And again, I just wanted, I know that this is a Steelers show and we're talking a lot about the Browns here and the move that they made with signing Jadavion Clowney. But again, this is. You know, this is a team that the Steelers are going to have to play twice this year. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be a playoff team. It's somebody the Steelers are going to be battling in the AFC North. It's someone that, you know, if they don't win the division in the Browns, they're going to be battling with the Steelers for a wild card spot. Right, could steal a playoff spot from the Steelers. Right, this is a big deal. And, um, you know, I don't really – I don't really have much else to say about the Clowney thing. I think we've kind of hit it on the head Um, again – Looking at it from my perspective, I mean, I think all of us kind of had the Steelers as a borderline playoff team or a borderline, you know, winning team even right. to that to that extent. Um, you know, I think this only heightens that. This only um, kind of improves what we have been saying for the last couple months here. Right. So, oppositely, a, a much less flashy move that was made in the AFC North was the Steelers opting to re-sign Vince Williams at the inside linebacking position. Now. If you've been listening to the show or listening to other Steelers shows such as Euler Remotes and The Drive with Dale and Matt, you, you know this won't be the flashiest move the Steelers could possibly make, right. but it's going to add some needed depth. I mean, we've been talking about how overall the, the inside linebacking position is probably going to be worse off next year, and that is even with the, the return of a healthy Devin Bush. But opposite of Devin Bush, the options are, are are so few and far between. Even if it was just Robert Spillane, that was when we were really panicking and thinking, oh, no, what are the Steelers going to do? Are they going to target early on and maybe the second or third round a linebacking position just to kind of fill that void? But now bringing back Vince Williams, it kind of calms their nerves a little bit. I still don't think we're out of troubled water just yet just because from what we saw Vince Williams last year wasn't the Vince Williams we we knew from about four years ago or three years ago when he had eight sacks in one year and he was opposite of of Ryan Chazier on the inside linebacking position so it's nice that the Steelers added some depth but in terms of impact I mean this is why we saved it for the second part of the segment because a much more flashy move in the AFC North was getting Jadavion Clowney Vince Williams I think will have a far less impact on what he will do for the starting roster for either of these teams see that's that's kind of where I'm at and I I wonder I've heard um, you know producing for for Mark Madden these last couple days because of, of Tom being gone 
Um, you know, Mark has said that the the rumor is that Vince is going to be the number three linebacker and Spillane wow. is going to start. Now, I, now that doesn't mean anything. We're in April, yeah. but we're almost, you know, we're not even halfway through April yet. Right. But that's some of the rumor going around, and that's what Mark kind of speculates is going to happen, what he thinks, is, you know. Um, I hope that isn't the case, and, and I think, you know, if you get to – um, you know, you get to uh, Latrobe and, and, mm-hmm. and Spillane is outplaying Williams and and you can see that kind of regression from Vince. OK, I can understand it. But that's even worse because that right, means right, that right, right. the guy that you just brought back isn't even better than the guy, Robert Spillane, who we've been talking about saying this is this is the last person we want lining up next to Devin Bush. This is no answer. This is this is not the thing. This is not the solution to the to the man opposite of Devin right. Bush. And again, you know, I don't want to put words in Double M's mouth, but I, I'm just saying that that's something that he talked about and said this is a possibility that could happen. Mm. And it is a real possibility, obviously. Um, but again, I, I think it is big that the Steelers bring Vince Williams back, um, you know, just because of the fact that they don't have a lot of depth at the inside linebacker position. We talked about it a lot, um, you know, before Williams decided to, to come back. Um, you know, your number one guy is Devin Bush. That's really good. Your number two is Spillane. Okay, that's not so good. And then your number three linebacker is um, Marcus Allen. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, you're in a really bad way in the linebacker position if that's what you're going to roll with. Now, granted, I knew we all assumed that they were probably going to bring somebody in via the draft or right. whatever it is. But there's no guarantees that that guy's going to play. And you have much p- more pressing needs than, than the inside linebacker position. Right. As much as you might want an inside linebacker, you have more pressing needs. So what, is it going to be a fourth-round guy? Are you going to expect him to come in and play? Now, granted, we've seen that before. That's happened before. But this is a much bigger upgrade than that just because Vince has been here. Vince Williams has been a, a full-time starter in three of the last four years. I know he's 31 years old. And he is due to step back at some mm-hmm. point, but we haven't seen that step back yet. I know that, like I said, you know, the older you get, father time is undefeated. He, he right. comes for everybody, but this is the right move because it gives you some depth. And I got to say this too. I got to give some kudos to, to Vince Williams. It's not easy to come back to a team that cut you. No, it's not easy to do that. And I know, you know, I'm sure you know, some people will probably say, well, you know, he did kind of options. Maybe I'm sure he had some, I mean, there's, there's some stuff out there that he had some, and there was a little bit more money on the table for him. But I think he kind of thought the same way too. If I go back to Pittsburgh, I'm guaranteed I'm going to play right. As long as I can hold up my end and I don't get hurt or I don't take a step back, you know, I'm going to play. And I think that's something that, that Vince realized. And, I mean, he's had a great career here in Pittsburgh. If we're going to be completely honest here, he was a six-round draft pick, don't forget, in 2013. He's played in 121 games with 69 starts. Nice. And he has two interceptions, (laughs) including a pick six, against Tom Brady. Right. I'll never forget that. that. I jumped out of my chair when that happened. 20 and a half sacks and 333 solo tackles that inter- in eight seasons that interception against brady was monumental because i think brady they still was, lost that game right that was the jesse james i think game. i think so but that game i believe was like the first time the Steelers had had an interception on brady in like six years or something and that was like the storyline going in because the Steelers had such a good defense but brady never turned the ball over until vince got that int it was great so he's definitely made um a lot of Big impact, plays, yeah. yeah Here's I mean, a question. Impact plays. 
is Vince Williams when he retires or or whenever he steps away from the game, is Vince Williams a Hall of Honor Absolutely. guy for the Steelers? No question about it. I mean, I just gave it. I mean, he was a six-round yeah. pick and, and played in 121 games and started over half of them. Everyone uh, loves this guy. Yeah. Right? I, I, I'm not saying it was a fan service move for the Steelers to make because it adds significant depth. But, I mean, this isn't some Joe Schmo. This wasn't a Jarvis Jones that, right. or like a Sean Davis who were also both cut. Uh, Sean Davis did get the second chance. You know, people don't care about Sean Davis. It's just a good piece to have. But Vince Williams getting cut was a big deal for a lot of Steelers fans. They didn't want to see Vince Williams go, not just because they thought he was a good talent to have, but because he was a fan favorite. And when he came back now with this new deal, people are really happy. People are ecstatic to have this guy back. And I think, I don't know, I'm not saying the fans in the stands are going to have a huge impact on his quality of play, but... I mean, we talk a lot about the the David DeCastro narrative yeah. about how maybe kind of we saw a step back into Castro's play because he really missed out on the fan service, and that we heard him say that a lot in post game press conferences. So I'm not saying it's going to happen to Vince, but I mean, this is a guy who can definitely feed off of the fans come the new season with with a at least 75 percent filled NFL stadium. Right, completely agree with you. And just to give you some numbers last year on Vince, I mean, I mentioned that there is a possibility for a step back for a regression. That's mm -hmm. just part of being older. Right. But in the 14 games he started last year, he had 70 tackles. He had uh, three sacks. He had 14 TFLs and hit the quarterback four times. That's pretty darn good for a 31-year-old six-round pick. I'm, I mean, that's really good. I'm pretty sure early on in the season – the the number one and number two guys and and quarterback or not quarterback and tackles for loss number one was TJ and number two was Vince and then once he kind of got bunged bummed down by either COVID or the injuries is when he kind of fell in those rankings but he was up there in terms of getting in the backfield whether it was a quarterback hit or just taking the running back down in the backfield, he was creating those tackles for a loss. And I think part of that, what you just mentioned, him kind of being bogged down, and it, the injury stuff, COVID didn't really happen until more towards the end of the year. Sure. But I think a big part of the reason that, you know, maybe he took a little bit of a step back during the season or he wasn't as productive was because of the loss of Devin Bush. Yeah. I, I think, you know, playing beside – Spillane, Vince can't exactly do the things that he would normally do when Bush is beside him. He can't rush the quarterback mm -hmm. as much because, you know, Spillane's not in as an athletic a, a right. presence as Devin Bush. I really think that that was part of the reason that Vince, you know, kind of slowed down during the uh, during the kind of the, the end, not the end, of, I guess, toward the middle to the end of the year last year. I think that's a big reason why he slowed down. And again, um, we talked about this a lot when we were doing the for better, for worse. We were talking about the, the linebacker position. We said that it's going to be worse than it was last mm -hmm. year. Granted, I think I would still lean towards worse. Right. But yeah. it's not as big of like it's not it's not a no question anymore. Like you, you could talk sure. me into it being at least the same. I don't know if it's going to get better. But bringing Vince Williams back is a big deal just for the depth. And on top of that, it gives the chance for Spillane maybe to not get the huge workload right away. Now, granted, he might play to that. Uh, there's a lot of people that think he will play to that. I I'm one of the people that don't think that. But again, signing Vince Williams back, I, I think, is huge yeah. 
um, you for the Steelers. You could definitely convince us it's, a, it's, a, it's the right step in the right direction. Yes, absolutely. Completely agree. Um, that's going to wrap it up here on this episode of the Steelers Standard. You can find all of our Steelers Standard episodes on Apple Music or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you're listening on the radio side at Steelers Nation Radio, we always appreciate you listening there. On the next episode, we're going to talk about, now this is a long way away, we're going to talk about 2021 playoff teams. We're going to power rank in the AFC the top seven and in the NFC the top seven. We're going to power rank 2021 playoff teams here on the next episode of the Steelers Standard.